0: Was popping, was popping, was popping. Welcome, Nikki and Moose. I'm Nikki. That's Moose. What's up, Moose? What up, y'all? And we have a very special episode. And I say that almost every episode, but this one uh hits home a little bit just because it is mental health awareness month. And so we are dedicating this whole episode to what we feel is mental health to us the pressures that we feel as creatives and entrepreneurs of handling our own mental, our own work life balance, if there's anything to that such. And then what is really the difference between being vulnerable, being transparent? And how does it fit in our lives? Moose, how we feel about this episode?
1: And this might be one of the most important conversations we ever have on this podcast. So yeah, this is going to be good, man. Y'all got to stay tuned for this.
0: Let's get into this intro.
1: Two kids from Queens, cut from a different cloth. Now joining forces, helping you to elevate your personal brand. Yeah, I'm talking about Nikki and Moose, bringing you a never-before-seen perspective into the mindset, the mentality, the behaviors, the driving force,
0: but more importantly, the stories behind the people and brands that you know and love the most. And of course, this episode is powered by Ecamm Live, the number one all in one streaming platform that will allow you to stream on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn, all the social media platforms, you name it, it could do it as well as take care of all your pre recorded needs. From video isolation to audio isolation to transitions to text, whatever you need. And we're giving it away for free for 14 days. So you can try it if you go to www.nickyandmoose.com slash That's E-C-A-M-M. And get the 14 days on us. So before we get into this serious conversation, uh, Moose, how are you feeling?
1: Man, feeling good, feeling good. Um, back in the all-black, breathable material. Come on. Uh, no sponsors, but you know, just uh, just staying consistent. I guess staying on brand. We got that compliment on the live. I was like, oh, okay, it's, it got looked oh, good on ran black with that. and stuff. You ran with yeah, it. Yeah, I just it just so happened. I kid you not. I think three days before the live, we were at Costco. Shout out to Costco. They don't sponsor the podcast. yet, but. Uh, Costco, if you want to shout out, you know, the little sponsor, just hit us up. But anyway, I was at Costco. I was like, yo, these breathable shirts. First of all, I like plain black tees, uh, even white tees as well. In the summer, it's just easy. Just grab some, put it on and keep it moving. And and I love this like soft gel material. So sure enough, I seen a three pack of these plain black tees at Costco. I was like, oh, I'm going to pick that up. Mm -hmm. And then it got cold two days later. So I had the turtleneck on. People made compliments about the black turtleneck. I was like, oh, guess what I do have as well? The black teeth. So sure enough, three black teeth. Here it is. Yeah.
0: I am mad at that. I am mad at that. So people, he's he's saying provide black teeth. That's all I heard. That's all I heard. Provide black teeth because this is his new uh, uniform for the podcast. That's
1: that's what yeah, it breath, is, breath, right? Breathable breathable black teeth. Here we go. Breathable. Until, until okay. we make that switch to suits and stuff. Nix and I talked about that. We'll probably do like an episode of, fully suited out. I, I looking, don't know if
0: I agreed to that. Just, I just Well, you
1: said you, said you said to let you know. You said to let me know. Yeah, you said, "Hey, yeah, let me know. Just let,
0: let me so know that, in advance so that we can we can months months be in advance." <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um uh talking about shirts. Shout out to 9 to 5 millionaire, aka uh Mall uh because I finally got my merch that I've been asking for like three years. Mm. No, 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 all grateful. But uh, shout out to Maul for for the merch that I have really been hounding him for. Because I, pr- I promise you, I think I wear his merch more than anybody out of, mm. out of his whole camp. But needless to say. Um, besides that, I am good. I am Gucci. My mind is right. I... Uh, We'll, we'll talk more about everything about the puppy and all that great stuff later. But I just want to get into this episode because this is really, really, really important conversation. Right. So for uh for this month, for those people who don't know this may when this is being recorded. But when you hear this, this is relevant for any time. It's uh mental health awareness month. Right. And. We've talked about this this on the live, I think more on the live than necessarily on the podcast. And I, I wanted, instead of us going more towards, okay, here's the celebrities and influencers and let's break down exactly what it means. I actually want to go about it in a different route of what does this mean to us, right? And what is, what is life as a creative an entrepreneur really mean in this mental health space and going, being a little bit transparent, being a little bit more vulnerable or both. I don't know. That's a conversation for later because Mm -hmm. this, I didn't, I didn't know there was a true difference like that, but it really started off of this clip that I saw from what, what's his name most Simon What's you know,
1: Simon Simon. Yeah him
0: uh he was he was talking on the diary of ceo about the his gripe about calling it mental health and it really opened my eyes to like yo we gotta we gotta talk about the different definitions of everything because there's different definitions of success there's different definition of happiness so i think it applies also to what we think of mental health so this is uh what he said that sparked off this whole episode
1: I've realized I actually don't like the term mental health. Cause at the end of the day, like think about your body when you go to the gym, right? Um, we call that fitness. And some days you have good days at the gym and some days you have bad at the gym, bad days at the gym. Some days your body feels amazing. You can lift huge weight and some day for whatever reason, you got enough sleep, you ate, you're eating well, you're hydrated. You just, your body's just not working that day. And we're all familiar with that. And it doesn't really bother us. You're like, ah, bad day today. And you move on and you allow that to happen but we don't treat our our mental fitness the same way.
0: So my question to you, Moose, is what does mental health mean to you in your life?
1: Yeah, it's funny because I I grew up probably more with the understanding of the term mindset rather than mental health. I think it's really both the same, but it started for me as mindset. It's, mm-hmm. it's the way you think and how what you think about makes you feel. And how those emotions then end up triggering some form of response or an action in your day-to-day life. And those three combined create your life, right? That's, that's ultimately the experience that you live in. So I've always looked at it from the position of a mindset, right? It's about keeping good, positive, healthy thoughts in my mind about myself first and foremost, and about what's to come in the future. Um, Some people say that there is a part of it that also uh, it it dabbles in the past, right? It's, It's also how you process and think about the past. I think I've never really struggled too much with thinking about the past. It was always more about the worry of the future that if I ever fell into a funk, it was, oh, shoot, mentally I'm in that place because I don't feel too good about where we're headed. So that, that for me was typically where I would trip up when it comes to mental health or how I often refer to it as mindset, quite honestly.
0: So, okay, so you think about the future, which is which is great, right? Because I I love how you identified that there is two different parts mm-hmm. of some people just have that trauma from the past and some just have pure anxiety of the future right so for you when we're talking about like mental health in, in kind of like your world what are like some of the the triggers for you that makes you know hold on this this is this is something to pay attention to right Yeah. um and like how did you deal with it before and how do you deal with it now
1: So I I think for me, I've I've always fell into bad places when I start to overthink and then the fear that is, that was, say, created in my past starts to control my future and where I'm headed. Mm -hmm. And and unfortunately, and I think this is the case for most people in the beginning of their journeys, they're, they're not really super specific or clear on what does that cycle look like for you? When does it start? How does it start? What is it? What are the impacts and implications of it? And so in the beginning, I would, I think I said it on uh, one of the podcasts here that I would have what I just called, oh, this is my high season. Everything's going great. I feel amazing. Let's go. And then there were times where I was like, oh, this is just the bad season. Probably going to take about three, four months. And I just got to wait it out. I didn't know that you can actually do something about it to try to handle, neutralize those situations as best as you can and also do something to stay on top as best as you can. So I don't think anyone lives a perfect life. I don't know that anyone is just always absolutely bulletproof from a mindset or mental health standpoint. But I know for me, it always started with that overthinking. I'm overthinking about something because things are not going the way I want to, or I'm experiencing delays, or there's some, again, insecurity about the future and then you start questioning and doubting yourself, and then fear starts to kick, kick in. And before you know it, you've crawled into this ball of emotion where much of it hasn't really happened yet and could probably never happen. But it's this like premeditated idea of what the future will look like, and you made it 100 times worse than what it is because of just how you're feeling in the moment. That's how, that's how it's always felt for me as I reflect on it. That's, that's how it's always, it's, it's the overthinking paired with the fear, Bad bad place for me, bad place.
0: Is, is it paralyzing?
1: Is it like,
0: I don't move? Cause I'm, like me personally knowing you, you think constantly. So I don't think it stops you from thinking, but yeah. does it stop like you from doing other things?
1: No, I, I wouldn't say it stops me. I think that it just creates a great deal of worry. Like mm. You're incredibly worried. And you justify it by saying, Yeah, but think about the responsibilities. And I'm doing it because Oh, my God, but what's going to happen here? And what about this? And so the mind will always find ways to justify what you're feeling so that you don't go crazy. But that doesn't mean that what you're thinking is right, even still. So right. that that's a big pattern that I, I've i caught on for myself.
0: That's fair. Um, I I do like from the clip how he referenced it. I think for me when when we hear mental health, it's always attached to another word. Right? I think it's mental health issues, you know, mental health illness. We never really talk about like mental health, period, right? I think now uh as as it all came to life during COVID, And people had to sit with it. I think for me, I I look at it not like similar to what he says, but not not really. Because, I mean, you need health. Just in, in general, how he put it. You have your health and you have fitness to help your health. Right? So you have the mental health of like how your mind is in just in general. Right? Where it's at. Is it a good sense of health is a bad sense of health from a mental standpoint and the mental fitness is what uh what keeps it strong regardless if you have a bad day or not what you're doing with your mental fitness is there to condition it right so that's kind of how I look at it from how he's he's talking about it for me um going on the point of what you said with is it about past traumas or is it more the future uh for me i think it's past and present not so much future right if like the present feels overwhelming if the like if it's i'm i get triggered by 3 which is common cuz 3 is my favorite number right so if three things happen back to back it's like all right. What what are we doing? Like what's happening, right? Um in in the beginning of COVID, I got hit with depression in the very beginning, right? And that's because I had to finally sit down and deal with issues that happened in the past, right? Uh recently I've opened up about my depression that happened this year. And that was because of everything that was happening in the present of not feeling from a creative standpoint, not feeling heard, not feeling that I had the creative freedom that I wanted to do, stuck in certain places that was I was battling with. And it just seemed a lot of things. And then a lot of the personal stuff between you know, grandma being in in the hospital and that whole nine. So, with being in the navy, they deemed me as being depressed and all that great stuff. Blah blah blah, and it carried out afterwards. It wasn't. I think until I think until COVID. No, I, I went to therapy once I got out of the navy but I didn't stick to it. And then COVID really made me understand uh, the importance of like, what are you doing to get yourself right? Mm. And that's where the mental fitness part comes in of what are some of the exercises you're doing? What are some of the things that uh, you can pretty much do to put in your toolbox to continue to keep you happy and one of the clips that i saw was uh this uh, olympic medalist i think she was a skier right and she was talking about yo people see the success and we'll get into that right people see the success but they're not talking about you going into these different countries by yourself the the loneliness hits uh Simon even in that interview was like I'm in a place where I'm lonely and some people don't know how to deal with lonely right I think that's why I'm getting a dog because that's one of my like yo you are killing it but you are home like dealing with your own thoughts there's no true distractions all the distractions that you had before was is not working hello let's figure something else out went back to to thinking like oh i always had a dog let me get a dog right so I, i i do agree with the mental fitness part but not for it to completely negate what mental health is i think it's a a tool to have good and balanced mental health that's what i
1: I think about that yeah i mean it's it's grown too i think a lot a lot of the labels that are started to come about have made it more from its own independent thing to Mm -hmm. kind of what i refer to as the mindset or just how you feel in general today to oh this is a almost like a conclusion you've been diagnosed it's a medical condition so i think a lot of the labels have added to it but what what i like about the state of where it's at right now is that it's showing you that there are things that you can do to proactively keep it in check because it's normal amongst all humans it's it's not a th- and i would say we're pr- pretty much out of that phase where it's looked at as weird or uh, say not as strong or, or any of those things that you're talking about mental health. It's more of, okay, this is something that all people deal with, regardless of age, sex, whatever stage of life you're at. You got a mind, you got to regulate your mind, you got to take care of your mind. So th- that's where I, I know that crossroad, and, and I, I guess that's where Simon Sinek is referring to that crossroad of. We make a big deal out of all things related to mental health if one day you don't feel well. And if in another category of your life that happened, you had a bad business day, you had a bad day right. at the gym, you're like, okay, it's just a bad day. Get them get em next time. But I think it it became so adopted that people unfortunately put themselves into those bad positions just because the conversation was so normal all around them. So you, mm-hmm. a person may have not necessarily had a condition, a mental health condition or an issue as you mentioned. But because the noise was so loud around that that it became normal for you to be associated with it and say oh i think i'm depressed and again not talking down depression in any you know means but I, I do feel that there was a part of that that happened at some point where people put themselves in that position rather than saying no just a bad day let's go at it now if you go four five six months and this is becoming your every day certainly and i and i wouldn't suggest anyone stay at it for that long, but I, I, I know there was that transition of, okay, normal to have the conversation. Don't just subscribe to it because it's well known all around us, but there's a health aspect to it that you can look at regularly on a daily basis. That's the, that's the part about the word health being added to it that I think lets you know that, oh, there's something that you should be doing to this daily because most people may work out daily or a couple of times a week. Uh, most people eat every day and there's a health component to what you eat every day. Okay. So the minute you start to think about what you consume from a mindset standpoint on a daily basis, you don't have those long lapse times where, again, talking just to my experience, in t- three months, like, oh, wh- what, what happened? Oh, t- I stopped working out. Or, oh, I, I'm, I wasn't as consistent in my prayers, but I wouldn't know until three, four months later. So it's, it's a much better today, at least when you think about it from that standpoint.
0: I I like that. Now, let's, let's switch gears a little bit to the pressures that creatives and entrepreneurs have. And this triggered from uh, Taraji P. Henson, she was talking about her, uh, her journey, I'm not gonna say struggle, her journey with depression and anxiety and the pressure of her being a strong the typical strong black woman and i'll let you you guys hear it felt pressure to be strong as a black woman in hollywood because i kept hearing that term everyone kept saying be a strong black woman strong black woman then i realized that's a myth (laughs) it means that i'm some superhuman in some kind of way where nothing affects me and that is so far from the truth. Sometimes I don't want to be strong. Sometimes the weight is just too much, you know? And to put on that facade like you're strong all the time, it's this
1: exactly what it is: a facade. That's 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 whack. You have to be human. And human means you're vulnerable. And human means you're you're layered.
0: So let's talk about the pressures, right? For um, from from your side, what is some especially as an entrepreneur especially as a minority entrepreneur what are some of the pressures that you have felt right when it comes to your journey
1: yeah i think the first one that comes to mind is that strong people don't ask or need help right that's a big one it's like this idea of oh if you're strong you should or you identify as strong first off you need to be strong to be successful Mm-hmm. And when you're strong and you're, you're successful, you did it all by yourself. You don't ask for help. You don't need help. You don't need anyone to come and step in and, and give you a pat on the back or see how you're feeling or do just a check-in, almost the maintenance work. It, it doesn't happen. You're just on go mode all the time. So I think that's definitely one of the a myth that I bought into for quite a long time where it was rooted in insecurity, quite honestly, or lack of confidence, because when you think about it, when you identify as being strong, especially if you didn't build the strength, but you just had to be strong because strong was the only option you had. It's like you survive, the only way to survive is to be strong. Coming from just a specific type of upbringing or a, a, a tough childhood, you have to be strong to survive. So it's a survival tactic. It's one thing to go to the gym and, you do five pounds and then seven and a half, then you get a little strong, you go to 12 and then eventually 25. Okay, that's strength. You accumulated strength over time through training and experience, and you got to strong. It's one thing to go from one day, you're, you're just going through your childhood, then your dad passes away suddenly with a massive heart attack, and then you have to take on the weight or the responsibility of an adult, mm-hmm. a 46 or a 47-year-old adult you didn't necessarily gain the training or preparation that it would happen that way. You knew you were getting training because that one day you had to become an adult and you were thinking, okay, 18, 21, 25, but from 15 and three months to 15, three months in a day, it's like, oh, (laughs) so you had to, it's like, I became strong because I had to, not because I had built the strength, I guess. So I think for a long time, to to showcase anything other than that meant that I wasn't smart. At least in my mind, it's like, oh well, you're pro- you're basically saying you're not smart enough, or that you can't handle the responsibilities. And so, how can you expose your weaknesses that way? That's that's the part about I think becoming strong to maintain your success. That that adds a lot of pressure. It's it's uh it's definitely tough to handle when you think about it like that.
0: That's so true, and. Uh, I think from from a creator standpoint, uh, one, some of the the pressures that I felt is uh, when it comes to service, as we are creating brands and uh, growing our audience. One, am I good enough? Right. Going into, uh, you know, the space that I'm in. All you saw people who talked about content or social media were uh, people that didn't look like us. Right. And I respect and I'm, I'm really close with a lot of the people who have, uh, you know, paved the way from that standpoint. But no one that really looked like us in, in any way, shape or form, especially uh, not a black and Puerto Rican lesbian uh female that is saying what's happening let's let me tell you everything about social media and and everything about tools and that just wasn't very common so the and, and in in the way that we all create is hasn't been really shown so be putting yourself out there to stand toe to toe with some of the people that's already been there and say yo can you are you strong enough are you can you last long that was a a bit of a pressure but and as well as forever showing up on social media you know if one day that i don't post what will people say oh you have to create in this kind of way um or it's not going to work yo the the this one didn't hit so your likes and your comments are like that pressure of the social media society the the culture of that has really can can take a toll on on myself because not only are you like I'm building a brand off of it but I'm teaching you to be consistent so who am I to be like That's right. Tough. Yo be consistent, show up every single day. Y'all ain't feel like it today. I don't I don't want to do it. Right. So in, in the in the beginning, and, and still some to this day of like, golly, what do we I, I gotta show up for y'all all the time, which in once you understand the purpose is not really a problem, but we're all human. And one of the things that has helped me In that is being open to the audience of, yo, I'm supposed to go live. I don't feel like it. And let's talk about that because I'm just not, I'm not in it today. I'm not in it today. Mm -hmm. Um, Or when we're talking about posting on social media, yo, what old stuff can I repost right now instead of putting the pressure on myself to create when I really don't feel like it? right and it's just one of those bad days shout out to all the people who are like you got to press through it and it's just yeah that's great shout out to y'all uh this is why we create enough content this is why we create enough uh messages and and things like that so in those days that we do not feel like it we can just recycle repurpose some of some of our old stuff so the The pressure from the, from a social media standpoint is real. What people feel a lot, right? As well as myself, who teaches it about it. But the pressure of am am I good enough mm. in a field that doesn't have many people that look like us? Even and, and shout out to uh, you know. Social media examiner who is trying to make it a new norm to show more of us in a space that doesn't have a lot of us, right, and for those people who are I'm talking about minorities, and still the 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 percentage is small where yeah. it was like a handful of black and Hispanics like speaking let alone attending, but speaking, right? Mm -hmm. And then you have that pressure of, well, you're one of the selected few. You better represent in a certain way to where somebody came up to me was like, I so appreciate that you don't cold switch. I didn't know what cold switch means. I I really didn't. Sounds very simple and I should know, but I didn't know what that meant. And then she broke it down to where it was like, yo, you could have been like, Well or right, we're talking about Instagram communities and let's talk about this. like you you're like, yo, what's popping? Like, y'all get that? Nah. All right then, whatever. Like, you still had that that New York swag, that whole nine. And I was like, if they're going to bring us, they have to accept us.
1: Right? That's, a good word. That's a good word.
0: But was I nervous to be like, okay, I see two people that look like us. You may not understand because there was one time, um, man, I forgot where it was, but I was talking about verses in one of the trainings and they were like, yo, we don't know what that is. Can you slow it oh. down? you because it's a lot of slang it's a lot of so that got in my head one time and Mm. i'm like nah right like but i'm allowed to think like oh snap maybe i shouldn't do it this way maybe i should chill out on on the references that i know and try to now granted there's there's a balance right because i have to understand the audience but that to that those two things from a creative standpoint have can drive me crazy can't it really can and yeah, i think it goes for me one uh you know god made me this way and like i said you're going to accept me if you want me in the building that's it right two from the social media standpoint i'm, I'm going to create systems so what, you saw it last week. You're going to see it again. So so what, you, you remember me posting this. Okay, interact with it the same way you did it the last time. I, I have to put certain things in place to still understand that I'm serving the people, but I have to make sure I serve myself first.
1: 100%. I think anytime you have to walk in, and you feel that you have to leave the real version of you behind, that's the hardest room to be in. Mm-hmm. It's like, Cause you're, you're not comfortable in your own skin. So I, I have to not be myself to survive in this room that I've been invited to. It's the, big, it's the biggest price that we all pay. And I think, you know, speaking of loneliness, I think that's what happened to me in COVID as well. When I moved, you know, into my own apartment in uh, I think it was October of 2020, it was so weird because that was at a time when we were working with uh, celebrities, professional athletes. It's like you're you're known. I think I even had uh, there was like an article that came out on ESPN that a friend of mine saw and was like, "Oh, there's your your name's mentioned in this article." It Says that ET and this. And I said, "Oh yeah, yeah." So it was weird to be known or known about. By a great group of people, but in your own living space, you're like, kind of, kinda of weird in here. Right. That's a that's a tough, that's a tough, that's a tough thing to battle through. So you're right, there, there is a level of self-acceptance that that you just have to get through and and work on. And it's a process too. I don't, I don't, I hope that as as much as we're normalizing this conversation, those of you listening or watching can can listen more out or hear more of the process and see that, okay, it's normal to feel this way, but don't stay there. There's some, there's some form of process that you can subscribe to or sign into to get yourself on the other side. That's, the, that's mm-hmm. the beautiful thing about it, that that day in and day out, things do get better with some work. It's not a permanent thing because mentally you just don't feel your best yet or right now.
0: Oh great! Now, I got a question for you. It so, do you think that as you level up, the thoughts, the anxiety, and everything, a- at some point, did you think that it would go down based off certain level, like the level that, like you just started in entrepreneurship, you started the creating, but It doesn't all make sense. It seems like all doesn't work. Yo, when I get Mm -hmm. successful, when I get to a certain point, this is all going to make sense and everything. Like, did you ever think that way?
1: Yeah, I did think it was going to be a microwave instant solution that the minute I get a lot of money, I'm going to instantly be happy. I just associated the two things together and I future dated it. So it was, (laughs) oh, it's okay to suffer now because I'm not where I want to be yet. But when I get to where I want to be, it's okay. Everything will be okay. And that's not the truth. It's it's a gradual growth and whatever you don't focus on doesn't fix itself. So you have to dedicate time to working on your mental health. If you're going to become more successful or more financially stable Mm -hmm. and have a good relationship with yourself. You're not just going to achieve massive wealth and automatically have great mindset, mental health or, or self-relation, like it just doesn't happen that way. It's a gradual growth. So that's a lesson that I think I had to learn. And I'm glad I learned it early as it relates to money because mm-hmm. I don't have any financial goals that are strictly dependent upon money now. I look at money, I mentioned it as a scoreboard because I'm a data person, I like numbers. It's easier to measure something that you're a part of when you look at data, right? Right. Rather than a feeling, it's harder to to measure a feeling. Um, So I'm glad I learned that lesson. Oh yeah, get to this amount of money, I'm gonna be great. And then I got there and I was like, where's the celebration? Like, where's the horns? It's just like, there's nothing that happens. Absolutely nothing changes. And and that's that's a that's a good that's a good lesson to learn. It's a hard lesson to learn, but it's a good lesson to learn to get it out the way early. Because for most of us, whatever number we place to be a big amount of money, it usually isn't. That's a fact. Whether that's 10,000 10, or five thousand, or it's like it usually is not that much money in the grand scheme of things. When we live in a country like America, and there are companies that are worth a trillion dollars, it's crazy.
0: This sounds depressing listening to it. But uh, <laughs> so I, I asked that because uh, Charlemagne the God was on the pivot. And, you know, for those who don't know Charlemagne the God, he is one of the hosts of the Breakfast Club. And the Breakfast Club, I mean, Hall of Fame, Radio Hall of Fame, millions and millions of views on a weekly basis, a syndicated. And so he talked about, you know, even with success, there still was uh, the mental health issues.
1: Having the most success I've ever had in my life, most money I've ever had in my life, and still having no panic attacks. You know what I'm saying? Still dealing with the bouts of depression on top of just really not living right, you know? Out here drinking, smoking, living the radio star life, cheating on my wife 100 miles per hour, and I'm literally becoming everything that I I, I always said I didn't want to be. I just just realized, man, as I got older, I'm like, yo, I'm really about to ruin my life. Like real self-sabotage, you know, for no reason other than I haven't gone to get any type of healing.
0: So this is loaded because for, for me, of course, when you first start, it's like, okay, like I said, it just gets, it gets better. Right. It gets, mm-hmm. it gets better. Everybody on the top looks happy. You know I mean, mm-hmm. everybody on yeah. the top looks happy. Uh, looks are deceiving. Now we have to uh, put an account that you are now responsible of not just yourself, but other people and how food is put on their tables. Right. Um, you are responsible of now bigger uh, audience that is relying on you. Uh, about your views, about your thoughts, and helping them get to the next level uh, with more money. that uh, you have more tax problems?
1: Mm, okay, talk about it. All
0: right, <laughs> <laughs> state that. Um, and Sounds and like so a right it's, a, it's a real life experience. It's a real life experience. It's horrible, but uh, <laughs> but you know, I, I instantly and. Thinking about, okay, going from the paycheck to paycheck situation to now, okay, this is this is a lot more problems than I expected. This is a lot more responsibilities than i I actually wanted, which could take a toll. It doesn't and, and personally, for me, this is why. I had to figure out a routine for myself. This is why I had to tap into therapy once a month. Now I'm not saying everybody go therapy and I actually want to talk about, um, I, I should have talked about it more in the Taraji P situation of the myth of us minorities going and getting help. You tapped on it a bit, but I'll, I'll circle back to it. But the, I would just want to get rid of the how I'm realizing with this episode, I think we're debunking myths with some of these mental health situations of like, all right, uh, we have to be strong. No, we don't like, okay, now success, right? No, that doesn't help anything. If unless you are whole in the beginning, like or during it, like success isn't going to change how you feel or think it just adds on to something that you haven't healed from in the beginning. If you get overwhelmed easily, you think success is going to take away that overwhelmness? No, it may mask it for a little bit. That one thing that you were seeking, like for me, I would seek a certain amount of money. Great, cool, I got it. But it doesn't break down all the stuff that comes with it, right? And so I I just wanted to show from, like, a a tangible thing that, and we've seen it time and time again where I've met successful people who are just not happy. And I thought that was crazy Mm -hmm. until... I've reached a certain level. I don't think I'm successful. Don't get it this right. There's a certain level, right? Um, when I look at their success, but when I, I've reached a certain level, I'm like, Oh, this doesn't, I can understand why they're sad. It's lonely. I can understand why they're sad. You don't get you feel misunderstood. I can get why they're sad. Only a certain amount of people can understand what you're doing from a personal standpoint, right? from a business standpoint, you may get other but from a personal standpoint that's hardly anybody understands that joint unless you are just so focused on this new circle that you have. Let's look about the past and the people you rocked with, and they're nowhere understanding of why are you doing that? why are you, like, oh you you big time now. What? No. You have a podcast now. To some people, a podcast is a really big thing. You feel me? Right, oh, right, you got a right, podcast right. now. Tuh. Yeah. I'm like, what? I'm like, really doing this from my crib? What are you talking about? Right. Like, <laughs> nah, you big time. You got the podcast.
1: Wait, let's talk about that though. No, hold on. <laughs> you just actually sparked something. Go ahead. I cannot stand... People who try to penalize you for your growth and your success. You talk about like mental health abuse. Can we stop that? Can we stop trying to make people feel bad for getting better, for working on themselves, for achieving more success in their careers or in their finances or for acquiring nice things? Like, But that goes back to the,
0: you got, you got that little, you got that little job. You got that that little business you get that
1: yeah it's like
0: gaslighting or something i
1: I don't know yeah i can't stand either way whether you try to you try to make them feel bad for them being grateful or for enjoying what they work so hard to achieve or you try to minimize it to make it seem as though it's not a big deal because maybe it makes your level feel a little bit uncomfortable when compared to theirs it's like can we just stop that as a community can we Mm -hmm. just stop Using that level of insecurity as a mask of, ah oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> However, which way you spin it, like, it's equally bad. I, I just thought about this. You said, I'm like, oh, can we stop? Like, yeah. yo, congrats on your podcast. Big or small, big, smaller, and different. That's what's up. You seem like you're really enjoying it. Keep going. Can mm. we do that instead of the other one? Because, mm. yeah, I just feel, I don't know. I've never heard someone say that. So I feel like that that needed to be said.
0: Let just go to this. Go to this <laughs> last one. It's so true, though. It's just, it's so true. Um, but I actually want to bring this one up. Not so. It could be a debate. It could. It don't have to. Uh, the is there a difference between vulnerable and uh, transparent when we're growing our business? when we are creating, um, and this sparked off of uh, Michael Phelps sitting down with CP3 um, and talking about his mental health journey and what helped him get to the next level was being vulnerable, but how he talked about it is like, okay, one, I know Moose could could rock with this because it'll show weakness and this is why we don't do this, but... um, it, it makes me bring up that topic of, okay, in the strategy, when we're talking about personal brands, you do have to give a level of transparency, right? But what's the difference? So mm-hmm. let's, let's, let's listen.
1: I think it's vulnerability. I think vulnerability is a scary word for a lot of people. Yeah. And it's a scary word for me. You know, I remember when I checked into a treatment center, I was shaking when I went in there. Cause I, I didn't know what I'm getting myself into, but I wanted help. I didn't like feeling the way that I did. So what else is out there? Start asking questions and, and look, you know, for me as a male athlete, I thought like I, I couldn't talk about it. Right, like you're almost- You're giving away weaknesses. Weakness. Yeah, right, like you're giving right. away something to your competitors.
0: So here, here's my uh, honest moment. I wanna say transparent, mm-hmm. honest mm-hmm. moment. I know for sure. I'm very transparent. Right. Ask me anything. I'm I'm one of those. Don't I'm not like, hey, let me tell you my life story right off top. If you ask me a question, very, very transparent. But then it made me think about, like, am I vulnerable? Right. Mm -hmm. Because uh, shout out to Isaiah. I I was having this conversation just pre pre podcast like. I could tell you the problem. I could tell you what I went through like yo, being transparent, we did this 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 this. Yo, I did this is I felt like but I think the vulnerable part of like yo, it paralyzed me. It stopped me. Like I didn't in the in the time frame of uh this year's phase of of my depression like I didn't get up till like afternoon I would like it would struggle for me to come up and even think of anything think of any new ideas think of any different interpretations like I was struggling so so much with what was happening and I don't think I go and tell people that I don't think I go and say, "Yo, I need help." I don't think I think too. I do it privately, but this year, I went more on trying to be uh, communicating with the team, trying to communicate more with the the people who I work with. Like, yo, I'm I'm going through this. I'm really struggling with how this is happening and being a little bit tad more vulnerable to them to see if that would help. And when I was, you know, I even hit up, hey, going through this situation, just communicating, right? Little by little, it, it helped a bit I don't know if it made a difference in their end of who I was trying to be vulnerable to. And it wasn't more towards uh, attention. But I realized that in the past, when dealing with anxiety, when dealing with depression, I didn't ask for help. I didn't want people to know I was going through it. I didn't want uh, to talk about it online because, you know, you when you have a certain kind of brand, they look at it as like, you can't struggle with this, but it's actually the opposite of when you are, I think a combination of transparent and vulnerable, that human side of you is like, yo, I go through that same thing and there's a deeper connection. But I know for sure, for me, I only thought that, for the deeper connection, I had to be transparent where yeah. I'm learning more and more of not only a deeper connection with myself and being honest of, Hey, I need help. Hey, I can't do this. Hey, this is a really bad day. Hey, this is just not working. Um, I, I can't even get up. I'm just sad for no reason reason like hearts beating crazy for no reason um me combining transparency and vulnerability i think has gotten me to a different level of you know respect from my audience but as well as from those who who care but what i will say um from a flip side for those people who are like okay i'm going through it And I'm I'm being vulnerable, but, like, what am I getting out of this? Uh, On the flip side, for people who hear, and and I take this, I'm going to go on a mini rant. I take this very serious. If somebody tells you that they're going through something, check up on them on a regular. Not once, not twice. Like, they're going through it every single day. You could just send them eyes, the emoji eyes. You can send them a dot, yo. And I didn't even say I'm checking on you. Just keep communication because this is where majority of people feel the loneliness, the loneliest. And they took a step to be vulnerable to tell tell you, hey, this is how I'm feeling, right? And it's not about the reaction that that you give at that time. It's about the reaction that you give those five days later. So from the flip side, if you ever hear that, I don't even care if this person always screams wolf. If you ever hear that, take it serious because you don't know the impact that that does from a you being present side or you not being present side. So that's a little mini rant, but... Yeah.
1: It's rich. It's rich. Yeah. No, it's, uh, that's important. And I was actually looking up these definitions as you mentioned it. And it's interesting, right? Because there is a difference. And quite honestly, before you mentioned it and started talking about it, I didn't connect the dots. I always saw them as the same thing. So it's, it's good to, it's good that we're having this discussion for anyone who, uh, Felt the same way i felt like oh vulnerability and transparency are the same exact thing it's like well according to these definitions they're actually not and I, that's one of the things that always gets us in trouble emotionally when we think about terms or words to be something that they're not because we almost misdiagnose what we're dealing with or what we're thinking about or how we're feeling and that can really lead us down the wrong path so you know, it says that vulnerability is making yourself susceptible to harm by giving a will. It's almost, it's, so basically, it's a willingness to be emotionally open, honest and exposing some part of you. Mm. Right. So it's like I'm almost telling you something about myself that's happened that I know if used improperly, it may actually bring some level of harm to me or I'm, mm-hmm. I'm giving you access to that information. Transparency on the other part is just really referring more to openness. It's about uh, providing a level of clarity about your intentions and where you stand and what you aim to do. Uh, on a business standpoint, it could be even from Uh, data or strategy or things of that nature. So it's more of a, hey, let me give you access to this information about what I'm about to do, transparency, vulnerability on the flip side is finding the courage to say, hey, this is something that I worked really hard to bury, but here, let me open this casket and show you what I put in there. That's like two different things, almost a, a, a completely different battle. So I don't know if I'm more vulnerable than transparent, to be honest. He's thinking people. Question. Yeah, I, I, that's a good question. I, I I probably spend, I think, similar to what you said, I probably spend more time in transparency than I do in vulnerability, because it's, I, I, there's always that level of shame or guilt that you feel with some of the things that may have happened in your past, that you don't, it's not a good feeling to open that back up and say, yeah, let me tell you about, that time. And the other thing I'm thinking about, too, is I've actually been studying this is how to not be a a conversational narcissist. I hope I'm saying that right. Um, Which which is being referred to as someone who simply is always responding to another person in conversation with what their experience. So Nick's might say, man, I fell and I cut my elbow, you'd be like, Oh, word, Nick's, yo, you know, I too fell. And freaking cut my knee and my elbow can you believe it and it's like you're always making things about you and so yeah i, I i'm now that i'm learning about that I, I i try to really be careful to say are you really so self-centered to always respond to what somebody else is saying with a similar story even and i used to do it with the intention of connection like i was I was under the impression that when you respond to someone with a similar experience, so you might say, man, I'm having a hardship in my brand. And I say, well, you know, Nicks, there's that time when X, Y, Z, so it's just like, oh, you're, you're, that approach is supposed to build trust because then the other person you're communicating with should feel as though, okay, you're sharing your experience with me. You've been there. We can kind of mastermind together. But then this idea of conversational narcissism was introduced, and I was like, Is that what that is? But we called it that, so I'm I'm like reshuffling that whole thing in my mind right now.
0: Yeah, you got me thinking about my conversation. Yeah, it's like, yo, what? (laughs) All right. Yeah. Conversation nurses. Sheesh. All right, people. Um. Yeah. So let us know. Uh, are you more vulnerable? Are you more transparent? You both. You struggle with both. You know, some people are neither, and you know, so. Let's talk about it, but um, before we go, of course, uh, Creator Ave, every Friday, uh, 6 a.m. Eastern, go check that out, okay? Uh, Audio only, After Show, go check that out, audio only, and social media, Nikki and Moose, Nikki at, Nikki and Moose everywhere,
1: but Moose, final words. Yeah, since we're talking about mental health, uh, I just want to remind everyone listening and watching that uh, regardless of what's happened or what's happening to you right now, uh, this doesn't have to be the end of the story. You, know, you have the power, you got what it takes to change it. So um, decide that your ending can be better and it will be.